What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Death She Said with Danny podcast. I'm Alexa Dat at Alexa Dat on Twitter at Alexa underscore NYC on Instagram. What's up? I'm Danny. I'm at Danny Wex on Instagram and on Twitter. And we have an awesome guest for you this week on the podcast. A's prospect Buddy Reed. He's got a huge personality and an awesome skill set to match. He was drafted by the Padres in 2016, and he was traded to Oakland last December. He mans the outfield, plays center field for them. He's a switch hitter, and he is an awesome talent. And we wanted to talk to him all about growing up as not only a hockey player, but as a baseball player as well. He is multifaceted, plus he loves candy. (laughs) Buddy Reed, what's up? Welcome to the podcast. What's going on? How are you guys doing? (laughs) We're rocking, man. It's Friday. We're having a good one. What about you? Oh, yes. Thank God it's Friday. Um, no, I'm chilling. I actually just got home from a workout. And now, you know, I'm just enjoying the vibes outside. Pretty nice. Where are you right now? I'm in Tampa. So it's um, it's partly cloudy. Uh, maybe chance of rain. And it's maybe like 60 degrees. Were you a, a weathercaster in your former life? <laughs> Uh, no, I can just tell by the way the birds are, um, you know, circling and the way the, the sky looks. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe a little bit. Maybe you've dabbled yeah, once or twice. Yeah, maybe. So, buddy, we want to start where it all began. And what I mean by that is your name. So your full name is Michael Elliott Reed. So we have to know, where did oh, the love come from? Oh, my goodness. Y'all did so much research. <laughs> I'm Michael Elliott Reed the second. Obviously, my dad's the first. Um, Buddy actually started from my mother. I think that was the first name that I think my parents collectively gave me. Um, But I think my dad also wanted to carry on the name. So Buddy came first. My dad was like, no. Well, like, yes, but no. They switched it to Michael, you know, the second. And then Buddy stuck as just a nickname, you know, to have. And then obviously from... um, Dr. Google, Buddy Love. Um, and so that's how the love came about. And so hopefully if I make it to the big leagues, um, you know, during Players Weekend, I'll have Buddy Love on my jersey instead of just love or something like that. So I absolutely love that. Yeah, he's at BuddyLoco23 on Twitter and Buddy Love with an extra E junior on Instagram. So it's Buddy L-O-V-E junior on right. On, on. Everybody mixes me up with, uh, what's his name? Buddy Love, uh, Buddy Heald, sorry. Oh. Right, that's what I was looking at when I first was looking up your Instagram, and I was like, yeah. hold on, this yeah. is the, the other Buddy Love. So right, so you're Buddy Love with that extra E, I love that. The other that's thing that joke. caught my eye, Buddy, when I was checking out your social, was the fact that you were really impacted by the Kobe Bryant passing, and I know a lot of athletes were, but you specifically said that you were going to get a tattoo to honor Kobe Bryant. Why did you feel like that was important to you? Not just speaking for myself, but I know a lot of people, women and men out there, um, definitely were impacted by his tragic loss, and not just him, but his daughter as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Kobe was the first, or probably one of the first people I ever saw or watched playing basketball, you know, that Kobe AI, uh, obviously Jordan, but that era. So, um when I was, I believe, what, eighth grade? Yeah, I believe that was my first actual legitimate, like, basketball shoe was the Kobe Hyperdunks. Mm-hmm. And 
obviously, I mean, you see a bunch of people on social media and just throughout um, Kobe's time do the whole Kobe like shot mm-hmm. um, with with anything, any sort of trash or just anywhere uh, where that involves shooting. And obviously, um, being a huge Kobe fan and looking up to him, I did the same thing too. Um, he was a big part of my life. I had his jersey, both of his jerseys, obviously his shoes, a bunch of memorabilia um, that's back at like my family's house. But uh, long story short, it was just something I felt like I wanted to do, you know, to honor him. I love tattoos, and I think there's no one better, especially like Kobe, to put on my body and, you know, be part of me than, than the great eight and 24. So I'm looking forward to it. It's probably going to hurt because it's going to be pretty big, but, um, yeah, I'm excited about it for sure. What tattoo are you getting? So there was a bunch of ideas, but I think I'm going to stick with, um, it's Kobe with his back to, to you. And it, it's two Kobe's actually one when he's younger and you can sort of see like the younger Kobe when he was wearing number eight and then the older Kobe with his arm around him at 24. And then there, there's one with halos. I don't know if I'm going to add the halos or not. Mm. Um, that was like my main idea. One I kind of wanted to do, but then I'm also thinking about doing one of Kobe well, he's pre-mid-air dunking, um, just like a, a Kobe still shot, just him in the picture, just black in the background. What an incredible way to honor him. Yeah. That's yeah. really special. I saw Kobe Bryant's last game versus the Celtics at TD Garden, and wow. I have never heard a Boston crowd chant endlessly like that for an opponent. It was one of the more magical things I've ever seen in the sport. And after the game, I went down and talked to Roy Hibbert on the bench. And I asked him about the season. He said, you know, it's kind of tough. Some of the younger guys aren't getting playing time because, you know, it's Kobe's last season. He's doing his farewell tour. So he seemed a little bummed. And I looked at Roy Hibbert and I said, hey, man, where do you sit on the bench? And he said, I sit next to Kobe. And I said, why do you sit next to Kobe? He said, I'm trying to, you know, get as much information from him and and be a sponge and absorb all that knowledge before he's out of the game. And I said, exactly right. And I said, you know, when they make the Kobe Bryant documentary, they're going to look at the bench and see Roy Hibbert sitting next to Kobe, and they're going to come to you. And part of the Kobe documentary is going to be told through the eyes of Roy Hibbert. So not only should you be absorbing this information for yourself, you should be absorbing as much knowledge as you can from Kobe to pass on to other people who are going to see that documentary for as long as it will air. And I feel like Roy Hibbert took to that and he changed his mindset about the season and started looking about, you know, the, the outcome of it a little differently. And that's, I think, how we all felt about Kobe. You know, we watched his work ethic and instilled as much of that as we could into our own lives. It's bigger than just basketball, too. Like, he inspired people that, I mean, you could see when the world saw this tragedy and everybody was tweeting and Instagramming, soccer players, football players, basketball, tennis, like, every sport was impacted by this. And it just shows, like, all the stuff he said about, like, his mentality that goes not just with basketball, that goes with life and whatever you do, which is um, is really cool to see. So. I'm really grateful to be able to watch him play um, for the amount of years I did in my lifetime and to just, you know, witness greatness um, through through sport, actually, to be honest. Yeah, so, really cool. 
Well, I know both of us are looking forward to seeing the end result of that tattoo, buddy. So, you know, definitely let us know when that is done. And uh, we won't ask how painful it was because, as you said, we we know it's going to be a big one. (laughs) No doubt. Buddy, so I think one of the cool things about you is you're born in the Bronx. You moved to Maryland. You played baseball at Florida, so you've got yeah. the whole you've got the whole East Coast up and down covered. Yeah. Who were some of the other athletes that inspired you growing up? Oh, that's a good question. Mm. To be honest, I really didn't grow up watching or playing baseball that much. You know, it's sort of one of those sports you just did because a lot of the kids were doing it, and you know, your parents want to um, immerse you in a bunch of different sports and activities and things like that outside of school so my big things were were interestingly enough hockey and spending time with my grandfather um at the park he was um he was a referee at this local park in the bronx and he would um, he would referee basketball games so i would spend a lot of time look uh, watching you know basketball and, and hockey and stuff like that so for, for another athlete, I'm trying to think. Um, it could be, it could, it doesn't have to be baseball, correct? No, yeah, any sport, any sport. Okay. We know that you are multifaceted, my friend. Yeah. Um, when I got really big into hockey, I looked up to um, a lot of the the black hockey players that um, I played in the NHL, like Anson Carter, George LaRock, Donald Bashir, Manny Malhotra. Um, those are just some that I got to meet through a program I did when I was younger um, in, in uh, Central Park at Lasker Rink. Wow. But um, seeing those guys and knowing, like, hey, obviously because people know hockey's not a predominantly black sport, so it's like, hey, um, you know, there's people that are my race, like, that are doing something that not many other people like me are, are doing, and, you know, they're, they're sitting at it, so... Why not look up to these guys and be like, wow, like this could be a, a turning point for, you know, the culture and, and not just, you know, playing sports that people think uh, blacks should play like basketball or football and stuff, but like sort of widening, um, expanding my horizons on what we can do as a, as a culture. So I'd say those those hockey players for sure definitely inspired me to like uh, try to be as best as I can in whatever I do. Um, and then obviously, you know, growing up in New York, being a Yankee fan for a long time, um, obviously you got to know the captain, Jeter for sure. And then me being an outfielder, um, Bernie Williams was definitely someone I looked, uh, looked up to because um, I switch hit because of him. I played center field because of him. And, you know, I tried to have a lot of the mannerisms that I do now in baseball uh, be because of him. So. Those are just some of the people that inspired me to, um, you know, do my best. But, buddy, I find that so interesting. As a black kid who grew up in the Bronx with the culture so saturated with kids who are playing basketball and football and baseball, you were inspired by hockey. When did you first pick up a hockey stick? Um, hockey was my first sport, I believe. Uh, I started skating when I was, like, I think one or two. And then I picked up a, whenever my, I guess whenever I got the coordination to hold a stick is when I picked one up. Um, to be honest with you, I couldn't tell you, I probably have to ask my father, because he was the one that uh, got me into it as well. So 
Um, I'm definitely happy I did. You know, it's definitely a different route to get to um, so college to play baseball and then to play professionally, but definitely something I look back on and really enjoyed. You're probably a better athlete because you have such a rich background in all these other sports. And um, I, I love what you said about having the opportunity to meet uh, black athletes who played that sport. And just because it wasn't necessarily the sport that everyone else was playing, you, you took a lot away from that. That's super cool, man. Yeah. It was definitely interesting, you know, um, playing it and then getting older and seeing, like, how it's so true. Like, there's obviously not that many African-Americans playing hockey or just Africans in general. And then you start to really appreciate, like, someone else sort of paving the way in a sense for you to um to be great and to and to also try to pave the way for the generations and the, and the kids or even people your age that are behind you or maybe not on the same level as you but you know give them that opportunity to see like anything really is possible do you still follow hockey now oh yeah mm-hmm. i was watching um the sabers play the canadians last night <laughs> um i'm a ranger fan you know, I'm, I'm all New York, everything. Um, but obviously there's certain players I like, you know, Evander Kane, obviously I like Connor McDavid is probably the best and will be the best for like another 10 years. Um, uh, I live right across the street from the Lightning Arena, Emily Arena, so I try to go to as many home games as possible. And I, lo- I met a couple of guys on the team, um, so... Yeah, I'm, a, I'm just a fan of the sport and and obviously the people that I get to meet and watch play. Buddy, when did you outgrow hockey and decide to pursue baseball in college? Um, I don't think I ever outgrew it. Uh, just because, to be honest, I'm actually about to go play some pickup hockey <laughs> in, a, in an hour and a half here. Okay. Um, yeah, just to, you know, keep, keep, keep my body right. But um, I went to I went to boarding school um, in Rhode Island called St. George's uh, on a hockey scholarship, and so I had to uh, play hockey like at the school until my senior year because obviously I was on a scholarship. Um, I had always played baseball, like I said. Usually, like I would pretty much you know run and and display defense and stuff. I didn't really, like, enjoy it, but then I just started getting good at it. Um, my sophomore, end of my sophomore year, going into junior year, like, over the summer, and then it sort of just took off from that, like, the year that I said till senior year, and I was like, okay, shoot, I got to make a decision. Um, I committed to Florida that junior summer going into senior year, but I still had hockey on my mind, and obviously a commit is a commit, like, until you sign. So... Right before leading up to the um, National Signing Day, I talked to my dad. I was just like, is this really what I want to do? Like, you know, just getting his feedback. And he just told me, like, this is your life. This is – you've worked so hard to get to this point. It, it's up to you, really. And then you know, I was just like, you know, I like a challenge. Baseball is, is fun. I'm starting to love the game, and I enjoy it. So let's stick with it. Stick with uh, this, and then – I signed that National Letter of Intent in November, and that's when baseball really obviously took over. Wow. So then you become a star at Florida, and you play with guys that we've heard 
in the big leagues who have made names for themselves, guys like Harrison Bader and Pete Alonzo. And for anyone listening to the podcast who is not aware, <laughs> Alonzo hit those 53 homers uh, last season. That's the rookie record passing Aaron Judge. Pretty incredible year for him. He also won the home run derby. But you knew Pete Alonzo before he was Polar Bear Pete. You knew the OG oh, Pete yeah. Alonzo. What was he like <laughs> at Florida? Pete was something else, I can tell you that. Um, tell us, please. I, I have, I have, there is nothing, tell it for me, I'm a very positive person. So, I mean, and coming from everyone else, there is nothing negative you can honestly say about Pete Alonzo. Just the way he is as a person, he's so unselfish, the way he cares about other people, puts other people first, just in anything, whether it has to do with baseball, life, obviously um, school with him, um, just from, you know, seeing him in the classroom and stuff. Man, it was it was a blast, and it was, it was so cool to just see him grow up and grow as a person through those three years, and then obviously you can see what he's doing now. It's, it's honestly, it's not even a surprise, to be honest with you. Just knowing who he was and, and how he acted and he knew he was going to be good. I mean, the kid hit all the time, like all the time. We had this pro batter machine at the end where it would like it would have a pitcher on the screen, and it was pretty much like the closest thing you can get to simulating actual game. And Pete was on that thing, probably. Shoot, I mean, he was probably on it more times than he played actual like baseball games <laughs> at Florida. Like, it was it was unbelievable the amount of hours and time Pete was spent hitting. Um, on this machine and it, it just shows and it goes to show that like all the hard work does pay off and like I mean shit you see Pete you see how he's how he acts and like this is mannerisms it's like it's just so I don't even I can't even put into words how like cool it is to actually see like what he did and how he's doing right now and just knowing him it, it makes it even better buddy give us a story of you and Pete off the field I can give okay I got two stories all right, we're ready. Okay, shoot. AJ is walking home. One second, bro. I'm on a podcast. All right. Okay, the first Pete story. Pete calls me <laughs> before we get into uh, before we get to Florida, and I oh my, I lost my mind. I get a call from this number. It and obviously he's like it's Pete, and he leaves a voicemail. And first thing I'm thinking is like, okay, I'm I'm a millennial, so. Who in the hell leaves voicemails in 20-whatever, whatever? I'm like, what in the hell? Who is this kid? Like, don't get the, get off my phone. Like, don't leave me a voicemail. Just call me back or something. Like, or text me. And I was, and I'm just laughing, thinking about it. He calls and he leaves the most heartfelt, warming message I've ever heard in my entire life. And you're not thinking, like, you the thought this kid was like, you know, like, Maybe like a grandfather sitting on the porch, you know, he's lived his life, he's done everything, just, you know, enjoying his grandkids and his time, like being retired and whatever. The way that he was talking on the phone, and I'm like, this is kind of weird, like, do I like this, or do I call him back? I was like, you know what, I'm going to just leave this voicemail and, and just save it, like, if I ever, like, need to hear it again. But it, it was along the lines, like, hey, buddy, this is Pete Alonzo, like, soon to be Florida Gator um, and I'm going to be your roommate 
can't wait to meet you and like hopefully spend the next three years balling out together and stuff like you'll get to meet my family and I it was a long next time. Like, goodness gracious good 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 for this good for this kid because he seems really nice a, a quick second story of Pete one time we were um man we were we were doing homework and we were out late and we were like yo man like what do you want to do like I'm kind of hungry me and Pete walked maybe half a mile to get these things called relish burgers um, in Gainesville. And it was probably just one of the coolest sort of just like down-to-earth moments just because we were new to each other, new to school. And it was almost like I had a brother next to me just the way we would walk and just having like, you know, simple conversations just about life and about like where we see where we see each other ourselves in like the next five to ten years and stuff. And it was really cool. You know, we got the burgers. I've never seen someone eat a burger or meat so fast in my life <laughs> than than Pete Alonzo. Um he used to and then one more quick snip snippet. He used to order Outback Steakhouse, get get a steak mashed potatoes and broccoli and I always told the story and he would eat it with his bare hands <laughs> he would just destroy he would it, unbelievable and Pete would get his steak so like he loves steak so he likes it fatty so like times it likes it raw and like he would just he not just that time, Pete would crush steak and he would eat the whole thing. There's no, if there's fat on it, he's eating it. Oh, unbelievable. What a guy. Wait, can we go back for a second, buddy? How do you eat mashed potatoes with your hands? <laughs> to be honest with you, I stopped looking after that. So I <laughs> took the first hand, the first scoop of his hand. I didn't need it. I, I knew he could do it. <laughs> after that, yeah. I have after a visual in my else. head. It's not that pretty. <laughs> So uh, with that, we're going to move on to another person who is in your life right now. I think you just gave him a shout out. AJ Puck, your roommate's with him right now, yeah? Yeah, I have roommates with him. Yeah, he just got back from his his workout, actually. So AJ is uh, in the A system as well. And uh, you said that you've been roommates with him now for a while. You guys played together at Florida, so that's the connection there. I actually met AJ at a perfect game event a few months ago. He was there to watch his younger brother play. Yeah, and I, I yeah, I know that um, their family is very, very close, and it was cool to see him out there supporting. But I want to know what, what's your relationship with him like? What's he like as a roommate? AJ is for sure different. AJ's different for sure. But he is the man. Um, he's like my big slash younger brother, sort of, because he's two days older than me. How would he describe you as a roommate? That's a good one. I don't know. I'm pretty OCD about things. I like to clean a lot. Like, we could be having a conversation, and I could just randomly start picking up trash or, you know, sweeping up the floor, trying to throw things out. <laughs> and he thinks I'm weird as hell. <laughs> Why? Uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, I, I guess one thing. I eat lemons. Um, Lem- no, I cut a lemon. What? Like I, I peel a lemon. Like I'll peel a lemon, and um, I'll just eat it. Like an orange? 
Yeah, like an orange. Yeah, just kill it. You know, you gotta get a knife because you can't peel a lemon like an orange. So you get a knife and you just constantly, you know, go through, peel it. You gotta peel the the little skin off the um, top of lemon. I don't even know what it's called. I, I'm gonna look it up actually. <laughs> Wait, and hold then, on. Uh, and, and you just eat it like it's super sour or bitter. You just eat it with nothing. Yeah, you cut it, cut it in half, and I mean, obviously there's seeds. Sometimes you eat the seeds, and you just you know eat it like an orange. No, it's really good for your uh, for your liver and your kidneys. And um, <laughs> <laughs> what about your taste buds? Aren't they screaming on your tongue? No, I love. I don't know. I love citrusy, citrusy stuff. Like and it kind of taste. Oh no, lemon heads may taste a little bit worse. The actual fruit tastes. I don't know. Lemons are good. Eh? Y'all, y'all should try it for real. Uh, and then the the pirates use them for scurvy and stuff. But so what? Yeah. <laughs> The history. He's referencing history pirates now to make <laughs> up lemons. for the fact that he eats lemons whole. <laughs> lemons are good. Next time, next time I uh, eat a lemon, I'll put it on my story. Uh, Perfect. Thank cause, you. Yeah, because Jesus Lozardo called me weird too for eating a lemon. We're calling you weird well, also. Yeah. We think that's bizarre. <laughs> We're in the club. That's all good. I'm just trying to keep my liver and kidneys intact. Good for you, man. <laughs> that makes perfect sense because we know that you're a candy maniac buddy and some of your favorite are watermelon sour patch kids so we know we know that that you're a big fan of candy uh we saw a florida fan giving you a bag of sour patch kids how much candy have you actually been given by fans since they started following you and knowing that this is your vice well, SEC in college, SEC tournament, when I did whip out the Sour Patch, I remember every, I'm pretty sure every game after that, uh, in that tournament, and then the, the following one, I um, I was given uh, the Sour Patch, Skittles, Starburst, Gummy, Gummy Bears um, from fans. Pete's cousins actually made these, not, nothing to do with candy, but sweets. But Pete's cousins made these things called cake balls and this is one secret I shouldn't be saying but they are the best sweets it's like a it's a circular piece of cake wrapped in icing and it is the best thing ever and oh man I want some of those right now man um back to what you were saying um yes fans have come up to me quite a lot and offered me candy. I only take candy, obviously, that is in the actual bag and <laughs> sealed up, you know, because you never know what these people are on in 2020. No offense to the fans, but I'm just saying you've got to be careful. Didn't your mom tell you not to take candy you know, from no. strangers? Exactly, unless the bag is sealed. There you go. There you go. All right, well, that leads us perfectly to our rapid fire. So we got a bunch of questions here yeah. for you that we're going to ask you and we need like one or two word answers. What is your relationship like with your dentist? Oh, it's good. Farina Orthodontics uh, <laughs> down here in Tampa. Florida. I've never had one cavity in my life, so <laughs> I'm going strong. I'm going strong. I think in the next uh, five years, I think I'm going to, when I, in five years, I'm going to have to stop and I'm going to go vegan. Breaking news. Yeah. Well, we're not Breaking there yet. News. We yeah, don't have to worry about that just yet. But shoot, I mean, I'm going to have to stop. I want my teeth when I'm older. I don't want to get veneers or something. Why? Veneers are amazing. You can eat whatever you want then. <laughs> I know, but it's like, damn, you know, all natural. 
I guess. But if it's teeth or candy, I'm definitely choosing candy. Yeah, 100%. All right. Rapid fire. Start bench cut since you're a native New Yorker. Mm-hmm. A Yankees fitted, Timbo's, and a pastrami sandwich. I'm starting the pastrami sandwich. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. All right. What are you benching? Yeah, you're fitted. Okay. And then what is what was the last one? You're cutting the Tims. Oh, that's tough. Ah, oh, yeah, I'm cutting the Tims. I'm cutting the Tims because <laughs> they're not custom. All right, what about the best slice in New York? Where are you going? The best slice. Slice. Cross Bronx Expressway um, Pizza. Skyler Mercado knows where it's at. All right, you played in Omaha. You went twice for the College World Series. Best Omaha mm-hmm. steak. Omaha State. <laughs> Alright. Does that work? Yeah. No, I, mean, I had a porter I had a porterhouse. Oh my goodness, it was embarrassing. Alright, you played baseball in Australia, so give us your best accent. Oh, that's impossible. All the Australians say it's impossible. Good night, mate. <laughs> I don't know. Is that it? I I'll don't take know. it. Sold. Okay. Buddy, would you rather spend a day with Derek Jeter or Henrik Lundquist? Oh what? Henrik Lundqvist, I'm sorry, dude. Henrik Lundqvist. Woo! Great answer. Spicy. Ideal Bronx date, Alicia Keys or J-Lo? I don't discriminate. I love, I love Puerto Ricans, and I love, you know, the African culture for sure. That's a tough question. But Alicia Keys is African and Italian, isn't she? <laughs> I think so. She's yeah, got a little right. bow. I'm, I'm going to go with Alicia. There you go. Yeah, I'm taking all these shakis with me. All right, you moved to Maryland in 2005, so crab cakes or football? Ugh, football. I don't need seafood anymore. Unless it was seafood candy. All right, you were mic'd up at the Futures game. Who would you mic up in a game? I would mic up Tyreek Hill, Chiefs. Why? Strictly because, one, I mean, I like this interview where he was about to talk talk crap to Richard Sherman, and then he praised him because, you know, you know how media is and stuff but anyway um why because i want to know what it's like what i want to i mean obviously mic up but i kind of want to like get into the mind of tyree just to know what it's like to be that fast or when he's running like if he's talking to himself and he's running like wow i'm really this much faster than everybody (laughs) or stuff like that but i want to yeah i think it'd be cool to listen to him talk and like listen to hear about what he sees you know because he's shorter but he's quicker and um, he's one of the best athletes in, uh, in football. Buddy, we saw you do the Ozzy Smith flip. What are your other hidden talents? Oh, I know how to salsa. Mm. Um, okay, Victor Cruz. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> hey. Hey. I don't know. You know? You and Alicia Keys doing the salsa. Me and Alicia Keys. I, I mean, one time talented enough. I could dance, I'll tell you that. Love it. Uh, Buddy, you went to London and Paris this offseason. No big deal. Where's your next trip? Oh, that's good. So, so I'm going to go back to London and watch some more football matches. Football. Uh, for the Americans that don't know, football, soccer. Okay. And then I'm going to go to Spain, watch some more football, see Messi play. And then I'm going to go to Tanzania, Africa. What about a walk-up song? Can you sing us your walk-up song for this season? I don't have a walk-up song right now. What about a past walk-up song that you've had? Ooh, Indigo by Chris Brown. That's a good one. Can you sing part of it for us? 
What about? <laughs> I don't want to get into my feels with that song. Wait, can I do a different one? <laughs> yeah. Out of Control by 50 Cent. Here we go. Oh, you want me to go? You want me to sing it? Yeah, how's it go? All right. You know I got what it takes to make the club go. Out of control. Quick, I ain't turn the music up a little bit. Bounce with me now, shawty. Let's get into it. You know I got what it takes to make the club go. Out of control. And then... I come in and then everybody screams, ah! <laughs> and then I hit like a chopper to second base, uh, and I beat it out. Everybody's like, ah! again, <laughs> and then I steal second and third, and then somebody hits me in. Bravo, bravo! All right, buddy, we end every podcast with an embarrassing story. Danny and I have oh told ours gosh. on previous oh episodes, so we need our best buddy love embarrassing story. Oh my gosh! Okay, so I was about. Seven, seven, eight years old, playing up in Pelham. Uh, I was a goalie at the time, playing hockey, and I had to go to the bathroom so bad, like so bad. Um, and being in goal, like you're not, you know, you're not continuously doing something really. When the puck's on your side of the ice, yeah, you're locked in and focused. When it's on the other side, you're, you know, you're barely even paying attention. Like I'm just <laughs> doing whatever. And when I'm young, too, so it's like, shoot, I really don't have the attention span for all this. The pucks on the total, uh, the pucks on the other side of the ice, and I'm not paying attention. Oh, shoot, I got to go to the bathroom. Okay, here we go. What are we going to do? Okay, we're going to skate back and forth real quick. I, I try to signal to the bench, like, I'm my feet are, I'm pacing now. Like, I got to go. Trying to signal to the bench, like, what do you want? What do you want? I start skating over, like, no, no, no. I'm like, shoot, I'm screwed. Okay, so... You know what? I'm going to have to do it for the team, for the boys. <laughs> <laughs> and I sat in the crease, and it's blue, mind you, obviously. So I'm standing I'm standing up in the crease. I didn't even, like, get down. I'm standing in the crease, and I'm just peeing. <laughs> I'm just letting it go. I'm like, you know what? This is it's, it's what it is. It is what it is. And I'm, I'm not a train. So I'm going to just stay here and do this. <laughs> And when it's over, it's over. How many times and have so, you told that story? Um, not that many, actually. I don't really, yeah, I, I, yeah, not many people know that. Exclusive to the podcast. After, yeah. yeah, yeah, exclusive. Because it's, the, it's one thing to pee yourself, but it's one thing to pee yourself and then have to move after it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you have to, like, like, I had to move. I had to skate over to the bench. Then I had to shake hands. And then I had to skate back. Then I had to go... <laughs> Get this, get that. Then I had to, oh, it's terrible. Oh. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Buddy, you're yeah. the best. We appreciate you jumping on the podcast with us. Thank Everyone, you, buddy. I appreciate you too. Yes, thank you so much. Everyone that does not know, at BuddyLoco23 on Twitter and on Instagram, he's BuddyLove, L-O-V-E-E-J-R, BuddyLove Jr. Make sure you go follow him uh, and follow the fact that he is going to be a big prospect in the A's system. We look forward to seeing you. Uh, you're going to spring training this season, yeah? Yes, I'll be there. Cool. So we'll see that. We're excited for you, buddy. Thanks so much for hopping on. Thank you. Have a great day. God bless. Thank you so much, buddy.
Thanks again to Buddy Reed. We're going to look forward to seeing him in the A's system this season. Once again, I'm Alexa Dat at Alexa Dat on Twitter, at Alexa underscore NYC on Instagram. And I am Danny Wexelman. I'm at Danny Wex on Instagram and Twitter. And Lex, I just want to say I cannot wait for that guy to make his debut because the baseball world is going to be a better place with him in it. Yeah, he's super fun. Anytime you can see him mic'd up, go check it out on YouTube because he was at the Futures game and he absolutely shown big personality and we loved having him on. Um, anytime you want to go follow him, make sure you do that on Twitter and Instagram as well. And we got plenty of more coming up. We got Paul DeYoung next Woo! week on the podcast. So yes. make sure you follow that as well. Subscribe and like and do all of that, and we will see you next time. Peace out, everyone.